You are listening to the Bridge Community Church Podcast out of Warrington, Virginia. Our church exists to connect you to God, others, and the marketplace. For more information, you can visit us online at bridge4life.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you are blessed by today's message. And again, it's great to see everybody here today. And uh, I should have said this a little earlier in the service. Uh, on Christmas Eve, we did add a third service. And we just want to let you know we're working on some things here. But uh, on Christmas Eve, we had over 1,100 people on Christmas Eve here. And so uh, you can probably tell if you look around this room, it, this sanctuary doesn't seat that many. So consequently, the services that we've had to multiply, and we're looking at some things here in the future. But last Sunday, I began a new series called Intentional Faith. And uh, we're emphasizing that all through January, because the goal of this is to let you see that what happens in your faith world is a result of you taking some intentionality to make that happen. Because we're highlighting the connection groups today, I've asked Pastor Lisa to continue that series today. So would you give her a great welcome as she shares the word today? Thank you so much. And I love talking about connection groups. It never gets old to me. So it's exciting to me because I know that's how people grow in their faith. And our sermon series is Intentional Faith. And Pastor Greg is using the scripture passage, Luke 14, 25 through 35. But today we are only reading verses 25, 26, and 27. So could you please stand with me and read these scriptures with me? Starting with verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And I just pray the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit as these words are spoken. God, to help us to grow closer to you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. You're welcome to be seated. So like I said, last week, Pastor Greg started the sermon series. So I just wanna give you a short recap of his message. And number one was his point, there are some things you don't learn about Jesus until you walk with him. So you can't learn everything about Jesus and then say, okay, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be a follower of Christ. And he used the example of marriage. And he said, you know, I didn't know everything about my wife. And Pastor Greg is my husband, just so that you know. I don't know everything about my wife. I didn't know until after I married her. There were some things I learned about her. And one of those was when it comes to buying me Christmas presents. He needs to ask me what I want for Christmas because some of his surprises are what he wants for Christmas. 
And so I want a couple minutes of rebuttal here. So a couple years ago, well, it's been about eight years ago since we had moved here. We lived here about two years. And sometimes he relapses into doing this again. And instead of asking me, he slips up and he decides what he's gonna buy me for Christmas to surprise me. And he said, I got the best Christmas present for you this year. I said, really? He said, yeah, you're gonna love it. I'm so excited about it. Well, he was saying that and I was getting excited too. He said, yeah, in fact, I'm so excited. I'm gonna tell you before Christmas. I said, okay, what is it? He said, I bought you a package of car washes for the whole year. (laughs) And so my excitement showed on my face. (laughs) I had lost it. And he went, you wouldn't like that? I said, no, you would like that. (laughs) Now, he still purchased the package, but that's not what I got for Christmas. (laughs) So sometimes that just happens. But anyway, that's why I wanted to rebuttal. I wanted to give you the true meaning of that from last week so that you would understand why I say, I will tell you what I want for Christmas. But the other point that he made was following Jesus affects our relational world. And Pastor Greg explained the definition in that scripture about what disciple was and what hate in that disciple or in that passage meant. A disciple is a learner of Jesus. And hate in that passage, in verse um, 26, it was about hate being the word that means Jesus wants his disciples to love him more than we love our family members and more than we love anyone else, but to love him. He wants to be number one. In fact, that's why Jesus turns to the crowd and says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate my father and mother and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple because he realized they were following him because they wanted to see all the tricks and things that he could do. They wanted to see his... his, um, the passages that he was using, he wanted to see how he could make heal people and how he could do things in people's lives. And he realized they were just wanting to be entertained. They were not actually following Jesus. They were not actually being or wanting to be his disciple. They wanted to be entertained. And so that's why he also says that we have to have some self-denial. And that was Pastor Greg's third point. Being a disciple of Christ is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. So today in my message, there will be to where you can think and to where the Holy Spirit can speak into your life about whether or not you just believe in Jesus or whether or not you believe in him and you want to be his disciple. See, some people just say, I believe in Jesus, 
but I don't wanna follow Jesus. I don't wanna follow his, his commands. I don't wanna follow him. I don't wanna learn about being a disciple. I just wanna see what Jesus can do. And so we come to Jesus with entertainment. So you will admit that you might be someone who just believes in Jesus, but are you following him? In the scripture we read, the crowds were following Jesus for the experience, not the relationship. So it's the power of fellowship with the master, which is a personal relationship with Jesus, and in a community of authentic disciples that helps us grow our faith because we have to intentionally participate. So today I'm gonna to talk about what that is. We have to intentionally participate in the Sunday morning service. We have to intentionally participate in connection groups. It takes both to help us learn and stay grounded in our faith as we develop as a disciple. Now, we can sometimes treat spiritual growth as if it's only God's responsibility to make us grow. But growing spiritually is also our own responsibility. It's 100% God, and it's 100% us. Now, on the screen, you're going to see a man leaning on a shovel. This man is leaning on the shovel, praying for a hole. That's where intentional faith comes into play. So in order for you to get the hole that you've been praying for, you gotta start digging. It's your responsibility to start digging, not God's responsibility to put the hole in the ground. He gives you the tool that you need to put the hole in the ground. So think, of, think at the moment what you've been praying for. What tools has God made available to you so you can start digging? I guarantee you, if you've been praying for something, God's given you the tool. He's just waiting for you to participate. See, it's like me. If I would go to a football game and say, how boring, how boring the football game is, but everybody around me is participating and having a blast. Is it the team's fault? No, it's my fault because I'm not participating. And that's the way it is in Sunday morning services is to participate. See, Acts 5.42 says, day after day in the temple and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So even from early church days, the followers of Jesus knew they needed to be intentional about the discipline of meeting together at the temple and in the homes to learn how to be a disciple of Jesus a follower of Christ. See, these disciplines don't happen overnight. Disciplines are developed. So one of the tools, like I've said, is to be a disciple is in the Sunday morning service. We develop as a disciple by participating in the Sunday morning celebration service. See, the bridge provides the church service 
or you could say the celebration service. And it's where we gather as a community of believers and disciples to worship God by singing and praising him, by intentionally participating. If you're not getting anything out of the service, I can tell you it's because you're not participating. And you do not have to participate like I participate. But participate, show God that you are following him more than you are following anyone else and that you love him. See, even this morning, I said first service, I talked about how you do not have to participate like me when the music comes on. Well, I like the music and I move around. And my husband sometimes tells me to stop moving around because I'm pushing him out in the in the aisle. Well, he even told me today, he said, can you quit moving? <laughs> but I like to move when the music is going. But we have to intentionally participate because it helps us to grow, develop, and learn. So yes, we have to die to ourselves. And when you do that, your faith, walk, and love for Jesus will grow. You'll experience the supernatural in the Sunday morning service. And that's what makes us different from just a club, is the supernatural of Jesus, the supernatural of the Holy Spirit. You say, why well, mate, I don't see the supernatural. It's because you're looking for events. The supernatural takes place. And if you will see through the eyes of Jesus, you will see the supernatural. I look around here and I see many of you, the supernatural took place in your lives. The supernatural where Jesus came to you through the Holy Spirit and drew you to him. That's the supernatural. That's how God does, that's how God does it. It's also when he comes to you and he says to you, walk this way, don't walk that way. That's the supernatural. And the Sunday morning service is the supernatural. When we participate, you will see it. You will know it. You will feel it, the supernatural of Jesus. So in Sunday mornings, we are here to grow in faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So we come on Sunday morning to hear a message, to grow in our faith. And then next is we fight the spiritual battle through st strategic prayer. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And why we are here on Sunday morning, Pastor Malik leads us in strategic prayer. That's what that is. That is strategic prayer. Prayer, where we all agree in unity what to pray for. And then also in the Sunday morning service, we can receive deliverance. 1 John 4, 4 says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater 
than the one who is in the world. If you will memorize that scripture, I guarantee you God will help you to stay delivered. And you can know that he is here and his, his presence is here to bring deliverance in your mind where you might be struggling with anxiety. You might be struggling with something else in your life. You know, we, when we talk about deliverance, everybody says, oh yeah, that has to do with drugs and alcohol. No, that's not all. It has to do whatever you need to sit down. Take it, set it down, because that is the power of the word. That's the power of God to take what you need to set down. Take it, set it down. Stand up and say, that he who is greater in me is greater than who is in the world. The goal of the Sunday morning service is training. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now we like the teaching. We like the training in righteousness. Yes, but when it comes to rebuking and correcting, well, I don't want a part of that. I don't want the pastor up here preaching, rebuking and correcting. You know what? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not the pastor. And I will tell you that Pastor Greg, Pastor Greg, now this is, I'm gonna say something. This is 85% because I'm a pastor on staff. And it's 15% because he's my husband. And because I need a little grace and mercy when we leave today because I told you what he was going to buy me for Christmas that one year. But Pastor Greg does not beat you up from the pulpit. He speaks the word of God that the Holy Spirit has given him to help set you free. It is from God's mouth through him to you. You know why? Because Pastor Greg loves you. It matters to Pastor Greg what happens to you. But if you will listen to the word being taught, accept it, even when it might be some correction. I've been corrected before. As he is preaching, I've been corrected. Not because he's sitting there correcting me. Some, sometimes he'll say something about something in the word that it says and it corrects me and he didn't know anything about it. So he doesn't know because if he did, I would say, why would you correct me right there in front of everybody, right? <laughs> but that is the correction of the Holy Spirit. It's not condemnation. The Holy Spirit will never call you a name. And if you feel like you need to be corrected or you feel like God is correcting you at something and you, and you hear names, that's not from God. That's not from God. That's the devil trying to get you not to grow closer to God. He is speaking to you because he loves you. The goal 
in Sunday morning is to minister the word of God. And Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You know, before I go to my next point, that is about we learn from the preacher. So what do we learn from the preacher, Pastor Greg? Text without context leads to pretext. So Pastor Greg teaches us that. And what is so funny that there's a family in the church that gave Pastor Greg a Christmas present. And it was a coffee mug. And it says, I can do all things through any scripture that I take out of context. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So we learn from the preacher. And 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And I know Pastor Greg comes up here sometimes and he, he'll say something that he means to be funny. is like, you're getting a college course. He means that. You're, you, you really are getting a college course that he teaches us about context. He teaches us the history. You don't get that everywhere. And he teaches that so that we can learn because that is part of his job that God calls him to. We also learn about testimonies and evangelism. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now that's why we always give you a missions update so that you can see that we as a church, Pastor Greg leads us to go into all the world. So that's why you see the missions updates and the people that go on the mission field and the people that go um, here out of this church on missions trips to go into all the world. Then we put our spiritual gifts into practice. See, we put our spiritual gifts into practice here on Sunday mornings. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So today on Sunday morning, there are several spiritual gifts that God is working through people, his giftings that he's given them. As you saw today, ushers bringing down people to find a seat. Well, they were incredible Christmas Eve, the ushers, because they really got their workout up and down the steps trying to find seats for people. So they have the gift of serving. Could you imagine one of the ushers saying to someone as they're walking down, if you had just shown up early, you wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be trying to find your own seat. I would have to say that usher does not have the gift of, of serving. 
He might have a gift or she might have a gift of something else, but serving is not it. And then also the gift of hospitality takes place here on Sunday morning. And that's in our cafe. They love, the people there love to serve coffee. And they love to serve you beverages and sometimes cookies and power rings. They love to serve because they have the gift of hospitality. It's not work to them because it's their spiritual gift. And then we, there is this um, gift of teaching going on. You saw how many kids came up. Well, guess what? How many teachers that takes? How many helpers with those who have the gift of teaching and also helpers, those who have the gift of helps? Because that's what it takes. And they are not back there babysitting your children and grandchildren. They are teaching them about Jesus. They are teaching them what they need to know to be a follower of Christ so that when you pick them up and take them home, that you can continue that process. They're not back there to raise your children. They're back there to help you raise your children. And Pastor Austin as well, when he ministers to the youth group on Wednesday night, he's not raising your teenagers. He's helping you raise your teenagers. So next I'm gonna start talking about connection groups and what it means to be in a connection group because it's part of it. It's part Sunday morning service, participating, and it's part connection group, participating. They go together. So we develop as a disciple by intentionally participating in a connection group. And connection groups are what we call small groups. See, repeated pain is a sign of not growing and being stuck. In a small group, your friends can surround you and help you in a personal way to walk a new life. Your new path will be painful don't think it's not gonna be painful. Your new path will be painful. But one day you'll be able to look back and see that growth took place. Instead of you saying, great, here we go again, you'll be able to react differently and you'll go, oh my goodness, I didn't react like I used to. I reacted differently this time because you've been discipled. Now that's what growth looks like. That's the supernatural taking place. And today you saw all the connection group leaders. Half of them today, you'll see the rest next week. I always pray the anointing over them, that they be anointed. I don't say that because it's a good Christian word. I say it because I mean it. And I stand on God's word behind it, that they be anointed, amen? Amen. Connection groups are a safe place to be trained and to put that training into practice. And along the way, you'll also develop friendships. And that's where the fun begins. I would tell you, if you need new friends, you go find one of these connection group leaders. They are fun people. 
It's not all seriousness, but they are fun people and they like to do fun things. So I would encourage you to talk to them and to see which group that would be able for you to participate in in the time frame that you have. So in connection groups, we speak to grow in our faith. See, James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. See, in connection groups is where you do the word, is where you do what God says. It's where you do, it's where you're trained, it's where you are able to put into practice what you've learned from the word you're able to do. That's what connection groups do so that you can be taught and then do. We fight the spiritual battle through prayer on a personal level. See, James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And the connection group leaders will pray for you and those in their group will pray for you. They are powerful and effective prayers. We also in the connection group can maintain deliverance. See, Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Read that with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And in a connection group, you can be helped to be maintained deliverance. And they will help you. You can call them and say, I am really struggling. And I don't wanna fall back. I wanna keep going forward. Pray for me, help me, what can I do? And they will. The goal in the connection group is discipleship. See, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And again, that's why Jesus was saying to the people that the crowds following him, if you love me, keep my commands. Do you just believe or are you a follower of Christ and a believer? The goal is to practice and share the word. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Isn't it nice to come to church sometimes and also in a connection group and you've had a rough day and somebody gives you a hug because that's just what you needed is a hug. You can get that if you come and participate. But if you stay home because you don't feel like coming, you will not receive what the Lord has for you. We learn from each other. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other to help us to do what's right and sometimes just to stay on the path. No, don't go that direction. That's not, that's not where God is leading you. Let me help you. And then we share personal testimonies and evangelize. See, 1 Peter 3.15 says, but in the hearts, revere Christ. But in your hearts, revere 
Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And just like when Pastor Greg preaches that he doesn't beat us up, the connection group leaders are the same. They are gentle and kind to help you and respectful. Respect's a word today, isn't it? Respect. So what I want to do is I want to show you the, um, the Sunday service and also connection groups. What that means when they're together, when they are put together for you to learn and become a disciple. This is what it's about. So in the Sunday service, we listen to hear the Word of God spoken. In connection groups, we speak the Word of God. In the Sunday morning service, we learn to fight the spiritual battle through strategic prayer. In the connection group, we fight the spiritual battle through prayer on a personal level. In the church service, we receive deliverance. In the connection group, we maintain deliverance. In the church service, we are being trained. In a connection group, we are being discipled. In the Sunday service, we are learning how to minister the Word of God. In a connection group, we learn to practice ministering the Word of God. In, in Sunday morning service, we learn about testimonies and evangelism. In a connection group, we share personal testimonies and evangelize. In Sunday service, we put our spiritual gifts into practice. In a connection group, we learn what our spiritual gifts are. So here at the bridge, your training to be a disciple happens at Sunday morning services and also in connection groups so that you can stay balanced and we all need to stay balanced and we all need both pathways. See, Pastor Greg and I, we just don't ask you to um, join a group, join a connection group. Well, we join them too. We are part of connection groups it's because we believe in them and we know how it will help you become a learner and disciple so we want to disciple you to be a follower of Christ, a learner of Christ, to help you model what a follower of Jesus, a disciple looks like and acts like. See, this is so you can have an abundant life, overcome life's obstacles and help others do the same. So when I was praying, getting ready and praying about this message today, I was sitting down praying, saying, you know, to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, what would you like me to share? But I stopped myself and I was like, oh, I haven't done my devotions yet. I probably should talk to God to tell Him how much I love Him, to speak to Him first before I ask Him to help me speak to you. And this is what I opened up on December 29th. And this is what I wanna share with you today. It's important that you find your people. I want you to surround yourself with people who encourage and support you. 
Those who not only see the gold in you, but call out the hidden treasure. Beloved, you deserve to have people who will walk alongside you to support you, to walk with you through difficulties and to help you make you, to help make you a better person. You are worthy of deep and meaningful friendships and mentors. So all you also have much to share with others. If you are in a place where you don't feel valued or supported, if you haven't found your group of like-minded people, ask me for direction. I will lead you to those you'll love getting to know. I'll also need you to do your part to step out and interact with them. Don't neglect the opportunities I place before you. There are seasons when you may feel that no one understands you. Seasons when I've set you apart in order for you to come away and grow in me. But there are also times for you to dive into community and friendships. It's time to find your people. So I speak that over you today. It's time to find your people. Can we stand? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, God, that we can learn your word, know your word, because you want us to be able to use your word to help us in our walk with you and also in our walk with with others and how we can also minister to them as you minister to us. And we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. At this time, if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I would just like to ask real quick, um, I'm not going to make you come forward or point you out, but if you would like it to accept Christ as your Savior or to, to rededicate your life, you might be saying, see, this is the first Sunday of 2024. You may have been saying when 2024 hits, God, I'm 100% in. I'm going to live my life for you. If that's you today, we would like to pray with you. Can you please just raise your hands? Is there anyone here that would like to accept Christ or rededicate your life? Okay, you can put your hands down, thank you. I'd also like to ask this question of if you need help being a learner disciple of Christ and you just maybe don't know where to, where to go or what to do, but you know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about learning and becoming a disciple not just somebody who believes, but a disciple and follower of Christ. Can you raise your hand? We'd like to pray with you today as well. There are several hands going up. I'll wait a little bit. Anyone else? going to lead us into prayer. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for being the sacrifice for my sin. And I repent of my sin. Help me to allow you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me 
to be a follower of you. Help me to learn about you, Jesus, so that my life can be healed and that I can bring others to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. As Pastor Greg is coming to close out the service, I would like to ask all the um, Connection Group leaders if you will just go out at this time and stand by the table for those who may want more information about the Connection Group. Thank you. Pastor Greg. Come on, everybody. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. I'm going to say the blessing, and we are going to go. I bless you in the name of the Lord. May he bless you in this city and in this county. May the fruit of your womb and the crops of your land and all your livestock be blessed. May he bless the work of your hands at home, at work, at church, in this community. May he bless your coming and your going. May the Lord grant the enemies that rise up against you be defeated. When they come at you in one direction, let him flee from you in seven directions. May the Lord send a blessing on everything you put your hand to do. May he continue to establish you as his holy people. May all people see you've been called by the name of the Lord. May the Lord grant you prosperity, opening up the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty. May he bless the work of your hands. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody gave a shout of amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. I praise you again and again. Yeah.